You're listening to What is Black podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jacqueline Duget. We are joined by a very special guest, author illustrator Jerry Craft. He will share insights into his new middle grade graphic novel, New Kid. So let's get started with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome um, to another episode of our of my podcast. I have a special guest a special guest with me this evening, um, Jerry Craft. He's an author and illustrator. We're going to focus a lot of this episode on his on his new book, his middle grade graphic novel, New Kid. But I just want to introduce and um, thank Jerry for joining us this evening. So, how are you doing today, Jerry? I am well, thank you. How are you? All right, I'm doing very well. So first, I wanted to um, to just have give you an opportunity to sort of share share a little bit of your bio for um, for our listeners. Okay, so Jerry Craft. I'm an author illustrator. I was born in Harlem and grew up in Washington Heights, which is the next section up. Um, I have been self publishing books for about 20 years, and uh, 2014 I did a book for Scholastic that I illustrated called The Zero Degree Zombie Zone. And then my uh, middle grade graphic novel, New Kid, came out on February 5th. So that's what's been taking the bulk of my waking hours is promoting that and uh, traveling and doing school visits. And it's, it's been wonderful. I've, I've had a great time so far. So in doing some research for the book, um, I saw a couple of uh, promos for the book. And this seems like this was really a labor of love for you to write the book. So I was just wondering, where did, what was your, what influenced you to write the book, and what was sort of the inspiration for writing the book? Okay, so the, um, you know, it was, it's kind of a combination of my life and the lives of my two sons. So, like I said, I grew up in Washington Heights. Um, I did always want to be an artist. I was not a reader. So I, you know, I really gravitated towards comic books and uh, comic strips because comic strips were were much uh, shorter. Uh, Comic books, because normally you work with a writer. Although when I was a kid, I wrote and drew my own. Um, My parents did not think that anyone, not just me, could ever make a living as an author, uh, well, specifically as an artist. So instead of me being able to go to art design or music and art in New York City, they urged me uh, to go to Fieldston, which was a uh, academic, uh, a private school in Riverdale known for its academics. So I, I basically went there for four years and it was a total culture shock, um, you know, meeting kids that I had only seen from watching TV, the Brady Bunch and Parsons family. And now all of a sudden I went from a class that had, you know, 25 kids in the class of which, you know, 23 were African-American to now being one of 10 African-American kids in a uh, ninth grade class of about 110 kids. Um, and then years later, when I became a dad, uh, my sons went to a private school in New Canaan, Connecticut. Um, so they had similar experiences, but it was a little different because they went there from an early age. And uh, my wife and I were able to prepare them a little bit more 
to let them know like what they were in store for. And I think we were more able to um, kind of just watch out for them uh, and have more discussions than my parents had with me. So I guess we, we can maybe take a step back a little bit because I sort of I sort of jumped into maybe we, maybe we should set the setting a little bit about if you want to give us a summary of what New Kid is about and then we can okay. I think that'll t- probably tie better um, your background. So I kind of I kind of went backwards, but I think it's still fine. I think it's I think it's still a great. Well, no, we'll we'll go forward because what I can say is what, you know, I had done all these different stories as I self-published. So it's interesting that the one that has basically been labeled as my breakout book is a book based on loosely based on my life. So, um, like I said, I wanted to go uh, to an art school and my parents didn't want me to. And so when I went to Fieldston, it was just definitely a much different um, world altogether because most of my friends and neighbors were African-American or Puerto Rican or later on Dominican. So it was really um, something that I wanted to put on paper um, because it is a classic fish out of water story mm-hmm. that so many middle grade graphic novels are, you know, that's kind of the theme, but it's also, you know, he's kind of Jordan Banks is the main character. He's kind of a fish out of two waters because, you know, in the African American community, some neighborhoods, you know, as you start to, do things like go to a private school or vacation some places or do, you know, other things, maybe go away to college. Um, sometimes there's some backlash with the community as far as like, Oh, you think you're all that, or you think you're better, or you think you're this. So I made sure to show both aspects of Jordan Banks life and his conflicts of not only wanting to fit in at this new school, but still trying to maintain his friends from around his block. Which I think you did a great job of doing. And I could, you know, I could, I could sort of relate to both, both ends of the spectrum, Jordan's mm-hmm. character. Now it was, I made the, I think I made the transition. Um, I went to public school in Washington, DC. I grew up in Washington, DC, went to public school and then went to Catholic school. So that was like for middle school. So that was like a big shift for me. Right. And then it was it was high school, and that was like the other big shift, right? So freshman year, I went. So my Catholic school was predominantly predominantly African American, and then to go to like this um, other other Catholic school, sort of prestigious Catholic school, and again, I was only I was one of a few people. So I, so I was like, okay, so I related to Jordan's character, and then I think also too, you know, you know now. Okay, I won't give away my age, but let's say so I'm a mom now, mom now of almost one adult, like a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old. So I could totally relate to the mom in the book. You know, my kids, you know, roll their eyes. Right. I, you know, I constantly ask them questions or like, you know, I'm embarrassing them or, you know, loving on them too much, right? Right. Which can be kind of embarrassing. So I thought that was great how you were able to, um, to relate. And then, you know, I have nieces. I also have, in a, and I think my kids have somewhat gone through that experience, but it's still public school. They, you know, they, 
again, so I think it's I think it's very relatable, and I loved how you did that. And I'm like, every time oh, I'm you know, looking at the mom's character, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, am I? You know, I, I really thing? wanted to I wanted to show a wide variety of people, not only mm-hmm. African Americans, but people in general, without really vilifying any of them. So I wanted to give, like, obviously Jordan Banks, his time to shine. Mm-hmm. But then I wanted to give his mom, you know, her spotlight and show what kind of person she is. You know, she's a corporate dynamo. And once Jordan to go to this private school because it will open up doors that he may not get uh, other places. Um, I wanted to give his dad some time because, you know, his dad was in the corporate world, but really is more about making a difference in his community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't necessarily have one being right and one being wrong. You know, they, they argue a little bit, but I just throw out two opinions and I let the reader pick who he or she would like to identify with. Um, and then there are black characters that, Jordan has nothing in common with. And that was also something in Fieldston, meeting kids who might have been uh, at Fieldston since first grade and had more in common with the other white kids from Riverdale than they did with me and my friends, uh, even though we were all African-American. I'd, so there's a big socioeconomic and a big class and classism aspect that I wanted to touch on also in the book. Yeah, I think you did. I, again, I think you checked a lot of boxes, and it was also it was also very very fun to fun to read. Like you in, injected humor, and I guess that was I, I mean that was intentional. I'm just wondering how you decided to so maybe take a humorous perspective versus maybe more of like a serious. Because I think this could have had like a more serious tone to it. Um, for well, some of the things that the character ex- experienced. Oh, it it definitely could have, but you know. <sighs> I think so much of the stuff that is aimed towards our kids is serious, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are some really, really great uh, books out there. Um, But you don't see a lot that just let kids kind of laugh and and be silly. So even though there are definitely some serious conversations uh, in New Kid, I definitely wanted to make it, um, you know, laugh out loud funny, at least in, in my opinion, laugh out loud funny, so that a kid could read it and just kind of relax, you know, and, and there are definitely times where they're just being silly. They're talking about, you know, who would win Black Panther or Batman or, you know, who's faster or, you know, like that kind of thing, um, so that, you know, you don't always have to be so tense when you read because I, I read some some books that are just paid turns I'm like oh my god what's going to happen next you know um and there are just times where I, I just wanted the kids to laugh and um say hey you know what this is kind of a cool book I, I like this and it was funny yeah but I do take 
against I think there's a there's a clip where they compare Batman versus Black Panther that you brought up. I still I mm-hmm. think black they said it's a tie. I think Black Panther would beat Batman personally. Yeah, you know, I was I was being nice because, you know, Jordan uh throughout the book uh talks about feeling like Batman because right. Batman never really fits in and you know, he does this, he does that. So I, I didn't just want to dog Batman, but you know, yeah. If I if I had to if I had to pick, I'd be Team Black Panther. So yeah, I'm not mad. Just at so Batman. you know, yeah, I'm not mad at Batman. I like Batman too. Okay, but okay, I, I just think like after seeing that you know that successful movie, right? The Marvel character, because I didn't I didn't grow up reading comics, and I don't. Mm-hmm. I think the way that the way that I grew up. You know, I tended to read more serious books, or that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember comics because my parents were, you know, were immigrants, so they were like, you know what, you gotta, you gotta read all the academic books, right? Gotcha. To, to, to get to the next place, and so it's now as I'm getting older, I'm like, okay, it's like all these books that um, I'm, I'm getting refamiliarized with. Um, right. Getting and see, I was the opposite. Kids. I was not a reader except for comics, so. You know, as I got older, I had to kind of backtrack and read some of the books that I had not read as a kid just because I, I just wasn't really interested. So, yeah, we, we came from the opposite end of the spectrum with that. But we still, we still ended up with Black Panther. That's good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, <clears throat> about your interests um, in comic books and comic strips, because again, in doing some research, I learned, and I hadn't known this before, that you're one of the co co-founders or co-organizers for the Black Comic Book Festival. And I wanted to to sh- hear a little bit more about how that came about, and I guess how that kind of, um, again, that intersection for you and your love of comic books, how that came about, and you were able to use that love of comic books to sort of develop this festival. Oh, sure. So. From my involvement, um, I had a conversation with Turtle Only, my buddy in Chicago, and we talked about doing a Black Comic Book Day where maybe we could have some kind of, uh, you know, um, event in different cities across the country. So he did one event in Chicago, and I did an event at Human Bookstore in Harlem. And that went, that went pretty well. And then the next year, we did it again, and it was even better. And then Human Bookstore closed their doors, so I needed to find a new home. So I talked to the people at the Schomburg Research Library in Harlem, and they had also been approached by John Jennings, who had an exhibit called Black Kirby, and Jonathan Gales, um, who had more of an academic approach where he wanted to have, um, you know, academics come and do panels. And we got together with Deirdre Holman, who was working there at the Schomburg, and we kind of just merged all of our ideas. And I believe it was 2014, we did the first annual Schomburg Black Comic Book Fest. So we had the exhibit, we had panelists, we had a ton of authors and artists come in. And over the years, we went from like 1,000 the first year to, you know, 5,000. And then one year, we had about 10,000 people come in just on Saturday. 
So then we split it into two days, Friday and Saturday. And it's Martin Luther King Day every year, Martin Luther King weekend, the Friday and Saturday. And we just had uh, the sixth annual one. And it's been pretty amazing. Now people come from all over the U.S. and Canada um, and even further than that to either vend or just come and meet their favorite authors and artists and get autographs and buy lots of books. So it's one of the, the best events that I've attended. And so I'm just proud to be a co-founder. I mean, cause I, again, I think, I think that's amazing. Cause again, you know, my, the, the way I grew up is definitely different from where, you know, how my kids have grown up in their exposure, but are you finding that there is there, is there a trend for, um, more creators of color to write comic books, or especially even black um, black illustrators, writers? Yeah, I think there's always been an independent um, grouping of black authors and artists. So that's always been there. But I feel like with uh, 2018 of having both the Black Panther movie set all kinds of box office records as well as ending the year with the Into the Spider-Verse cartoon. Um, now they see that you can actually have viable success stories with, um, you know, that star African-American protagonist. That is something that now people are like, Hey, this can make money. So I know two years ago, that was the first time where all of a sudden you saw editors from different publishing houses coming and introducing themselves and handing out business cards. And there have definitely been a few of uh, the creators who have gotten, you know, contracts or, you know, been able to pitch stuff since then. Um, so I definitely think that it is getting better. And I also think that the opportunity with me doing this book uh, for HarperCollins, one of the you know, five largest publishers in the world, being able to do that and um, go on tour and, and really be one of the few, especially doing, bringing humor, humor stories to middle grade graphic novels with black protagonists, I think will hopefully um, energize that as well and, and get more of us in the field. Now, do you see New Kid... Um, being a series or more of a standalone, or do you pl- have plans for um, other gra- other ideas for other graphic novels? Oh, that that script for New Kid Two is already submitted to my editor. Oh, great, great, okay. Yeah, so we are looking for it to be released in fall of 2020, which is actually next fall. So I am already very busy, so that I can uh, make that deadline. And uh, I can talk to you again this time next year. We can talk about New Kid, too. All right. That sounds cool. And I think before we, before we wrap up, I wanted to talk, talk a little bit about a quote that's on your webpage. I thought it was, I thought it was a great quote. You said that you, make books, that you make books that you wish you had when you were a kid. So I'm paraphrasing. You, you actually said, yeah. I make the books I wish I had when I was a kid. And <clears throat> I was wondering, do you feel that, do you feel that you're, you're actualizing that, um, that thought? Yeah, I really do. Because again, um, you know, there are really, there are authors that really 
get like the historical fiction thing. And then there are, you see some authors that, that do like contemporary gang life or, you know, things like that. Um, that is not, you know, I have read them and I've enjoyed them, but the, the books that I always wanted was like when you see a kid reading a captain underpants or a diary of a wimpy kid, um, something that, uh, you know, had some lessons, but you can really relate to the characters in a humorous way, you know, um, that is what I wanted to do to have like iconic characters so that when you say like a Greg Hefley or a Percy Jackson, you know, hopefully one day you'll say Jordan Banks in the same level and kids are like, Oh yeah, of course we know Jordan Banks, you know, black kids and white kids. So I am really living what I have set out to do. Um, so from that perspective, I, I couldn't be happier. So, you know, and the fact that they, uh, Harper Collins wants not just one more book, but two more books in the series, hopefully can really lay down the foundation for Jordan Banks and Drew and Liam to really be like these iconic characters of color. I think, I think you're off to a great start. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jerry. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to what is black podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review, and tell a friend. Until next time.